Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphen Nation. I am the one, the only, Kellen Conley. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's having a spectacular day on this Wednesday. I know y'all aren't going to hear this till Thursday, but hope you're having a spectacular Wednesday. Mine is going pretty well. Uh, we are getting over a snowstorm. I don't know you may have heard about it. We're supposed to get six to 11 inches. Thankfully, we only got like maybe three to four, but it snowed for a long time. And your boy, let me turn my mic up. And your boy was actually in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, we went up on Saturday evening for a gymnastics meet for Aaliyah. And the gymnastics meet started at noon on Sunday. The snow started probably around three o'clock um, and we we were on the road probably a little bit before then I believe and so pretty much the last hour to hour and 15 minutes of our trip we were driving into a snowstorm shout out to Angel for her excellent snow driving even though she was freaked out and we made it back safely and that leads me to uh, one conclusion off of all of that it's time for the Morgantown Weather Report. That's right. Yeah. What we're all here for. Right now, it is 42 degrees. The warmest it's been in days here in Morgantown. Uh, looks like the weather's going to be cloudy with a high around 46. So we're going to get four, four more degrees out of it today. Looks like tomorrow it's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be highs of 26 with a low of 8 degrees. Oh, man. Amazing. Uh, with a little bit of snow thrown in there too. looks like there's going to be some overnight snow showers, but I don't think it's going to be any real accumulation. Looking at your 10 day report, looks like, uh, over the weekend, it's going to be sunny. So, uh, looks like I'm going to have a balmy and I love that word balmy 29 degree weather on my birthday, January 22nd. And then it looks pretty clear until about Friday, January 28th. And there, there may be some snow showers. So. There's your Morgantown weather report. I hope any of you who's been affected by real snow, which we were not, uh, is doing okay. Like, shout out to all the homies up in Boston, up in Massachusetts, uh, like uh, Handsome Bane and his wife, Nicole, and and Lamb and Kat Chinetti, Get Well Soon Girl. Uh, Mela Set, can't forget about you. You're going to be on the so the show soon. Um, who else is up there? Oh yeah. K rocks up there. Obvious nonsense. Like everybody who's in hyphen podcast group that's not named George Gerbo, Mike Osti, Marcus Robinson, and myself <laughs> are all up there. That, that is a uh, handsome Bane's crew, which is, which is incredibly dope. Shout out to them. So today I, I had a few things I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you may have heard or not, but uh, the Raiders lost their playoff game. <laughs> First playoff game in five years, and we proceed to lose it. We got down early, uh, never was able to uh, really get caught up. Had a, a tough break when um, Burroughs apparently threw a touchdown from out of bounds. That counted. And we went on to lose the game by a touchdown. So the Bengals move on. The Raiders are out. Our GM's already fired. Um, no announcement about what we're doing about our head coach. 
Uh, shout out to him for overcoming all the adversity this year, man, with uh, the whole Gruden scandal and then with uh, what happened with Henry Ruggs third. I don't know if he's second. Let's just say Henry Ruggs um, and that major distraction. Shout out to him for overcoming the adversity, making the playoffs. Hopefully we can build on this. And then hopefully this rumor that Gary told me does not come true that the stupid Pittsburgh Steelers aren't potentially looking at trying to get Derek Carr to replace their stupid quarterback, who I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope is finally retiring so I never have to see his dumb old face on that football field again. Hopefully we can uh, work things out with Derek because, I mean, Derek has been our longest tenured quarterback since Rich Gannon, uh, which that whole run for him ended in 2004 or five. And he he took over as our quarterback in 99 or 2000, I believe. So we've had Derek since his rookie season, and I I really would like to see him stay. I'd like I like to see him uh, not get traded, and I'd like to see him continue to grow as a quarterback with hopefully more weapons and a, a new coach. I don't know if the hardball rumors are true. I haven't heard anything about that. I've seen. Uh, we have asked to interview a few offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, coordinators, and a couple GMs at other teams, but nothing concrete. So a lot to build on now. Uh, we made the playoffs, had a winning season for the first time since 2016, overcame a bunch of adversity. So hopefully uh, we have a successful offseason. We can keep the momentum going and keep this thing on, keep this thing rolling and I don't know if we're ready to challenge the Chiefs for the AFC West title, but hopefully we won't have to come down to the wire next season to get into the playoffs. And we can uh, see about making things interesting again out in Las Vegas. So shout out to the boys. I, I told you, called them all the most disappointing team of the year because I thought y'all weren't going to make the playoffs. Y'all shut me up by making the playoffs. And now, I mean, you're out of the playoffs, but you know what is a hell of a run, boys. So shout out to you. Shout out to the Raiders. Shout out to John Madden. Uh, we got in the playoffs, so boom. <laughs> it's not quite your your boom, John, but uh, hopefully it'll do. Speaking of more bad news on the sports front, the Chicago Bulls suddenly suck. <laughs> My favorite team of 2021, after winning two exciting games, as the year turned from 2021 into 2022, thanks to DeMar DeRozan's late game heroics, have now dropped four straight. <laughs> All blowouts, I might add. Now, I believe everybody is hurt. I don't know. If, uh, I can't remember if DeRozan's playing right now, but um, pretty sure Ball is out. Uh, I definitely know Zach tweaked his knee the other night. People were freaking out, but apparently he's going to be fine. Um, Caruso's out. We're we're just missing a lot a lot of pieces right now that was functional early on in the season. And and you you have to expect this as part of a long NBA season that you know you, you go you go through the grit and grind. It's not I mean we had the best record in the East, but then we turn around and lose big to the Warriors. Uh, with while missing some players, we lose big to the Nets. We lose just lost to the Grizzlies, and we lost to um. Eh, someone else. The Grizzlies are playing really good basketball right now, though. So I just want to be sure and tell you who we lost to here most recently. 
Oh, we actually play uh play the Cavaliers tonight, the twenty seven the twenty seven and eighteen Cavs tonight. So there's a high chance, guys, that we may be on a five game losing streak. But it's um you hear this tomorrow morning. But yeah, we lost big to the Nets, lost big to the Warriors, gave up 138 points in both of those games, lost by two to the Celtics, and then lost to by the Grizz to the Grizzlies by 13. So let me just check the box score on this Grizzlies game right quick. So DeRozan is playing. Uh, Vucevic, Vucevic, I can't, uh, Vucevic, Vucevic is playing. I, I slaughtered that. But then beyond that, I mean, we got Kobe, who, who uh, Kobe White, who's, who's doing okay. But I mean, yeah, we're missing Zach. We're missing, we are missing ball. We're missing Caruso. We're missing a lot of pieces that are, are supposed to be present. So it's really just DeMar on his own right now. And DeMar, as great as he's been playing, he cannot do it alone. So I'm just checking a few games ago to see. Yeah, and we actually had Levine and Ball against the Nets, man. But, and we, I mean, sometimes you'll just completely poop to bed. And that's what we did in that game. <laughs> Am I worried? I don't know. Let's let's take a look at the schedule here. Let's just take a look at the schedule for the rest of January. So we got the Cavs tonight at home. It could be a good bounce back game. Then we got to go to Milwaukee against the defending champs the next night. So, and the Bucks have been playing great ball too right now. So, and I don't know. I'm not looking up anybody's status to see when they're coming back, anything like that. So, I don't know. It's a little iffy. Huh. Now we have we're going to Orlando on Sunday, uh, COVID willing, of course, Omicron willing, uh, and we will play the Magic. So hopefully that's a W. Then we have the Thunder on Monday, the twenty fourth in Oklahoma, um, in Oklahoma City. Hopefully that's a W. The Raptors are coming to Chicago on January twenty sixth. So that's kind of iffy because the the Raptors are still scrappy as hell. I know they're two years removed from their championship, but they are still a pretty great team. Uh, a competitive team for sure. Then we have the going to San Antonio. Shout out to my man Marcus, and they'll be playing the Spurs there. Um, I think this might be the first time that the Rosen Demar is going back to San Antonio since he signed with the Bulls. So it'll be a bit of a. I mean, I think he played two to three seasons there, two seasons maybe. Uh, cause let's see, I mean, I I can't remember. No, it, it was uh the Raptors won three years ago. Because that was 16. LeBron won. No, that was 17 when the Raptors won. 18, no. <laughs> the Lakers were the 2020 champs. The Bucks are the 2021 champs. Who were the 19 champs? The 19 champs had to be the Raptors, right? I don't know. Uh, let's just say the Raptors were the 19 champs, okay? So... Yeah, it'll be Demar played essentially three years in San Antonio, so they might they might give him a warm welcome. You know, they didn't really accomplish much, but hopefully, uh, he goes and gets the ball out in front of his old team because he's been having a great year, and that leads us to back to Chicago for a game against the Trailblazers, who's been struggling all season long. Their record is currently sitting at unknown. <laughs> they don't have a record, eighteen and twenty five, so they've been struggling. I don't know if Dame has been playing for them or not. We all know Dame is unhappy. <laughs> Can't do anything about it. So 
it is what it is. So that that should be a W. And then we roll into February with the Magic coming back, uh, coming uh, to Chicago again. So uh, the the Bucks and the Cavs and the Raptors worry me the most of that stretch. Hopefully we can continue to get healthy and get some momentum going into the All-Star break. But th- these things happen, man. Like you get off the hot starts and then, you know, sometimes you you don't get injured, but there, there's always nagging injuries. And then on top of that, there's a global global panini still happening. And that panini's taking people out multiple times out of our lineup for several days. So between that and then the injuries, we just got to get healthy, get the all-star break, hopefully not lose anybody for long-term, and then get the whole crew back together and really start building towards the playoffs. So... Not too worried, but I'm not very happy <laughs> about what's been going down with the Bulls. But I'm cautiously optimistic, man. Um, you know, th- things continue to go well. The Bulls will at least make the playoffs, and that'll be the first time they've been in the playoffs since the season with Dwayne Wade and and uh, Jimmy Butler and and Rondo when Rondo was great in the first two games of the Celtics series and he got hurt and then we managed to drop four straight and then lose and I think that was in that felt like I was 2017 when it happened so it'll be good to get back to playoffs man um I I was just texting uh my boy Tim who's been on the show before I mean he's also been on Rasslecast now twice and he's a Bulls fan and a Raiders fan go figure and I was talking to Tim I was like man I don't know I feel like this could be something special and I said, I, I hate to kind of jump the gun like that, but this team feels like they could beat most teams in a seven-game series other than the Warriors. And then the Warriors came in and proved it, but then other teams have continued to prove that uh, we are beatable, but at least they're not beating us with everybody healthy. So we shall see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Next topic. I'm not going to go too in-depth on this because at some point we there may be a comprehensive episode about this movie, but it's officially January 19th, at least today. And Spider-Man No Way Home was released on December the 17th, I believe. And no, I'm not going to Google that. So with that said, it's now been a month. And I haven't really talked too much to people about the about the movie. Uh, I went with Gary. Uh, we were supposed to be the 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 um supposed to be the normal crew. Me, Gary, and Anthony going to see No Way Home. I bought tickets like two and a half weeks in advance. Super pumped. Anthony could not make it last minute, but he did get to go see it. Thankfully, so it was just me and Gary, of course, in the theater with a bunch of jump bunch of people, and. Uh, It's still really hard for me to articulate how much this movie means to me. I know I love the end game. I know I love Black Panther, and Black Panther uh, continues to be as along with Endgame, one of my favorite MCU movies ever, along with Infinity War and several others. We've we've been down this path. There's multiple episodes about my love for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, multiple episodes. But I'm gonna say this now spoilers because I'm going to go into at least death about one character and their interactions with Spider-Man in this film. So last chance 
spoilers. If you don't want to hear anything about the movie, I'd say give me like five to give me eight minutes, and then you can uh, skip ahead eight minutes, and we should be past the spoilers. So, in the movie, Spider-Man Peter Parker messes up Doctor Strange's spell that is going to make everyone forget who Peter Parker, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That was the original spell. Peter, hearing this and realizing that he probably jumped the gun a little bit, is worried that Mary Jane and Ned, not Mary Jane, MJ and Ned and Aunt May and Happy and everybody who found out organically and not because of Mysterio's actions at the end of Far From Home, He's worried about losing that connection with them that they won't know that he's Spider-Man anymore. Because one of the things he says earlier in the movie is him and MJ are on the school's roof like a day or so after the world's found out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And MJ says, ask him when essentially when, when was the moment you were happy? And he said, for the week that you knew that I was Spider-Man and I didn't have to hide it anymore, and knowing that the people I love most, and this is paraphrasing, knew who I was, and I didn't have to hide that part of my life anymore, it felt amazing. And then Mysterio took that away from me when he revealed my identity to the world. So Peter freaks out and starts distracting Doctor Strange. And Strange is telling him, stop messing with the spell. He changes it a few times. And eventually the spell breaks down and does not fully go through. Well, also, I don't know if you've heard of this thing called uh, the multiverse that Marvel has been unveiling since Loki and WandaVision. But because of this, when the spell was casted, it was drawing everyone who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man to the world where the MCU Peter Parker existed along with Doctor Strange and the events of Avengers, everything like that. So you get you get essentially your Sinister Six. You get Doctor Octopus back from Spider-Man 2. You get Sandman from Spider-Man 3. You get Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. You get... Who who else was there? Because um, I'm not trying to step on, on the main guy. Um, Wait, well, there, there was six, right? Who, who else am I forgetting? Um, oh, you get the lizard from the Amazing Spider-Man. That's four. Um, I feel I feel like there was one one more. I'm not gonna look it up because I feel like there were six. Because I'm about to I'm about to say who the fifth was. But there, I feel like there was just one more person who was involved in the film. I feel like there were six. There could have only been five, okay? But there was one from Amazing Spider-Man 2, one from Amazing Spider-Man, one from Spider-Man, one from Spider-Man 2, and then one from Spider-Man 3. So so five, okay? Oh, and uh, and then I guess, well, there really wasn't anybody in, in MCU in Spider-Man's movie who was coming after him. So, all right, so five. I did a video about this on my YouTube channel, Hyphen Universe. Subscribe, hit that bell, never miss a notification when I upload. <laughs> Including this video, eventually. And I was hella excited, not just to see Dr. Octopus, because they revealed that right away. And Alfred Molina is Dr. Octopus. 
But William Defoe throwing that pumpkin bomb as a green goblin. Now, if you're not familiar with Spider-Man at all, if you've never seen Spider-Man 1 from 2002, or even The Amazing Spider-Man 2 or uh, Spider-Man 3 when Harry was the new goblin, the Green Goblin, forget Venom, the Green Goblin is the greatest villain in the life of Spider-Man, okay? In the comics, br brief review, in the comic books, Norman Osborn was Harry Osborn's father, uh, a kid that Harry went, that Peter went to college with, and that's when Peter first met Harry. Norman was a rich industrialist. He was experimenting with some chemicals. They blew up in his face, and he accidentally created, thanks to the Marvel Universe back in the 60s, <laughs> he created, turned himself into the Green Goblin, who was bent on taking over the crime scene in New York. Well, Spider-Man stopped him a few times. And then everything changed in issue 30. Ooh, I feel like it was 28, but don't quote me. There is an issue where the Green Goblin is determined, I'm going to find out who Spider-Man is. And he does that by nullifying Peter's spider sense. And by doing that, he's able to safely knock Peter out and unmask him and then find out who he is. So the first villain to find out who Peter Parker is and not just be Dr. Octopus thinking uh, that one time he unmasked Spider-Man that Peter Parker couldn't possibly be Spider-Man. He's looking at his weakling because he was sick. Uh, that was in the early issues. First villain to find out who Spider-Man was. Then after that big reveal, they get in a huge fight. An explosion happens. Norman has amnesia and forgets conveniently. But a few issues later, Norman remembers, goes after Spider-Man again, and then same thing happens. And so they go back and forth like this for a while. And eventually, Norman's memory comes back again. And we're throwing a sense pass of continuity out, so don't even think about that, because I'm not mentioning it. He goes to Peter Parker's apartment to get Spider-Man. And who was at Peter Parker's apartment? Gwen Stacy. And I think we're clear spo spoilers. Um, eh, whatever. Gwen Stacy's at Peter's apartment. He recognizes her as Spider-Man's girlfriend, Peter Parker's girlfriend. He takes her to the Brooklyn Bridge. I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge, even though it was drawn as the George Washington Bridge or vice versa. I'm not looking. Peter arrives on the scene after he finds pumpkin bombs and his, his apartment ransacked, realizing that Gwen is gone. Arrives on the scene. Gwen is knocked unconscious on the bridge. The goblin is taunting him. Peter swoops in to try to pick up Gwen. Goblin knocks her off the bridge. Gwen is falling to her death to the murky waters below. Spider-Man instantly reacts, jumps into the air, swings, but he can't reach her in time, so he decides to shoot a single web strand and catches her by her boots. And then, in the original, there is a tiny sound effect that says, indicating and I think this is Mike. This is, I don't know if this is still canon. It never really was canon because it was something they did originally, but then they were kind of like, they backed away from it. He snapped her neck. Okay, Jack, this is a We Should Do This Again Sometime podcast ad take one. 
In a world where laughter was king. No in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of podcast. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... No, I don't think so. In a land before time. Jack, this is a cartoon movie, and we may get sued if you use that. Uh, can you say We Should Do This Again Sometime? It's hosted by Kat Chinetti and V. Mark Robb, please. One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. Okay, bro, that's enough. We should do this again sometime with Cat and Mark coming to a podcast app near you. Someone get this guy out the booth, please. No, I like it in here. Now, the, the official continuity says Gwen was dead before he knocked her off of the bridge. I kind of like the idea, as twisted as it is, that he killed her when he didn't catch her the, per- the right way. And of course, Gwen dies and then Peter tracks down the goblin and beats his living daylights off of him, beats the daylights out of him, ready to, ready to go in for the kill. And then he stops himself. So the goblin takes a second and the goblin raises the goblin glider, which produces a sharp needle, a sword-like needle. And it charges towards Peter Parker with his back turned Spider-Man. Spider-Man's spider sense goes off. He avoids it and Norman impales himself on his own glider and dies. Now, before we pick that back up, in the movie, Norman comes back, uh, knows who Peter is, uh, of course, and of course, MCU Peter has no idea who he is. Uh, There's a, a fight and then Doctor Strange develops his method to capture all the villains so they, he can send them all back to the rightful timelines. They capture Norman. Norman has amnesia. Norman actually works along with uh, the three Peters, spoilers again, <laughs> to um, help to uh, figure out a way to send... <laughs> I don't remember what they're working on, but Norman is working with the Peters and doesn't he have a moment with Aunt May too? And he seems like perfectly fine. But then at the right moment, the heel turn comes and William Defoe, a.k.a. Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin returns. And he literally kills Aunt May with a pumpkin bomb. And then the other Peters show up. So maybe Norman didn't help the Peters, but I think he helped MCU Peter work on something. At the end of the film, it's going down at the Statue of Liberty. Everyone is defeated other than Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. MCU Peter gets his hands on him and proceeds to beat the ass. <laughs> Beats his behind. That's my one, that's my one curse. Beats it. <laughs> and he's ready to kill him. But then the other two Spider-Man are able to get him to stop. I think it was Raimi Spider-Man, a.k.a. Why can I see this stupid dude's face? Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man who stops him. Saves the day. And then Norman, of course, stabs Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. But he's okay, folks. Nobody dies. They're only Aunt May. And then everybody gets to back their own dimension. So as good as I thought William Dafoe and the Green Goblin were in the first film, the costume Threw, threw everybody off. He looked like a Power Rangers villain. Shout out to the Power Rangers, man. But Norman as the Green Goblin was incredible. 
Tom Holland actually made a joke recently that William Dafoe wasn't supposed to be in the movie, but he just showed up in the Green Goblin costume and just started beating the crap out of him. So they left it in. And he's still scared of him to this day. <laughs> but getting to see the Green Goblin do Green Goblin things in No Way Home was as great as seeing those three Spider-Men on the screen. Spoilers in here. So, sorry. <laughs> I've never been good at not keeping spoilers, okay? It's been a month. It's been a month. If you haven't run across an article that says so-and-so, it's been a month. I mean, hell, Fear the Walking Dead ruined that they're, they're bringing back somebody from earlier in the series. I'm not going to spoil that. Cause I accidentally did for Angel and she wasn't happy because I thought it I thought she would show up in the mid season finale and she didn't. And yes, I'm still watching Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead. Angel and I enjoy it. What of it? Big whoop. Wanna fight? So that that took way longer to explain, but I wanted to do a different version of recommendations, is what I wanted to do, kinda. Because I wanted to get back into covering comic books because I used to kind of cover comic books uh, with uh, maps before the whole falling out and, you know, kicking him out of hyphen podcast group and him not talking to us ever again. So <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I am anything if not honest on this podcast. So and he actually erased all of our episodes and now does the pod with other people and I've never listened to it. And I'm sure it's fine. Uh, best of luck, all that jazz. I wanted to color, cover some comic books. So I was looking through some of my trades and I found these two bad boys. And you'll see these on the YouTube video. I got Spider-Man Revenge of the Green Goblin and then Spider-Man Adjectiveless Spider-Man Return of the Goblin. Now, both of these came out in like 2002. And this is when uh, this... I think it was 2002. Uh, well, no, that's when they were printed. Let's see. Um, Cause JMS took over in 2001. Let's see if I remember. So, and this story arc was a little bit before JMS took over. So it was, it, this one was probably 2000 and the other one was not that long after. I tried to look at the original print dates, but it, I think it's just for the um actual, Oh wait, do I have covers? Did y'all give me any covers in here? Because the covers will have what I'm looking for. Or did y'all leave off the important trademarks off of the covers? Uh, well, let's just say that. So. Oh, okay, okay. So, Revenge is Green Goblin, okay. Uh, it came out, it started as a three-issue miniseries to begin with, which kind of went to the backstory of uh, Norman's life prior to becoming the Goblin, which kind of flushed that out. And also, I want to send a giant shout out, and I'm going to go ahead and um, check out his name, even though it's slowly coming back to me. I want to see if his site is still up. My man, J.R. Fettinger, long, long ago, took the internet by the horns and did an extensive website called spidey kicks butt and it looks like the website is no longer up but shout out to the spider-man crawl space it looks like uh and he used to go by mad goblin it looks like they actually archived all of his articles on their site and when i say <laughs> 
And they did they did this in like 2020. So when I say that Mad Goblin Jr. went in depth about who the Green Goblin really was, he did it right. I would I would even say there's that Jr. knows the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn better than the writers who actually created them at this point. So Revenge of the Green Goblin, the the limited series, fleshed out Norman's backstory. And then Amazing Spider-Man Volume 225 and Peter Parker Spider-Man 25. They actually, excuse me, damn, that's what I get for drinking coffee. They actually saw Peter and uh, Norman clash for the first time since, and this is going to get real crazy. So there was a story called The Final Chapter. I wasn't reading the spider books at the time, but if I remember it, Norman did this thing called The Gathering of the Five and you brought five people together and then you did this ancient ritual. And then the idea was each one would get a certain quality. So one was madness, one was power and, and different, different things like that. Norman obviously wanted the power and he thought he had gotten it, but apparently in the final issue of volume one, amazing Spider-Man, I believe Norman and Peter had supposedly had this knockdown drag out fight that or no in in the I'm I'm going to say it was Peter Parker Spider-Man the last issue of that before they rebooted that Norman and Peter had this giant fight Peter looked like he was going to lose and then in Amazing Spider-Man the last issue of volume 1 it turns out it was all imagination Aunt May wasn't dead as we thought she was since like issue 400 and Norman got taken away to the loony bin stark raving mad cuz apparently he got insanity as his power so this is the first time we're seeing Norman since then. So they go over a lot of the, the Scryer stuff and a lot of stuff left over from the Clone Saga and then bringing Norman back from the dead, which they did in Peter Parker, Spider-Man 75. And he actually was the orchestrator of the, of the Clone Saga um, that ran from like 1994 until 1998. So yeah, there's all that, <laughs> which I didn't mind, but I'm also someone who enjoyed the Clone Saga. But we all know that you like what you like and that's fine. So the first time they clash, Norman's plan after we get the backstory and then we see them come together, Norman essentially kidnaps Peter. He's been brainwashing Peter with toothpaste and he has Peter captured in one of his, his uh, properties. No mask on. And this is for a few weeks because Peter's like his hair's all grown. He's got a full beard and Norman just proceeds to shock the shit out of him. And oh, there's my second one. Shock the crap out of him and you know, uh, just torture him generally because he's trying to get him to turn to the dark side. He wants him to become a green goblin is the idea. And ultimately, Norman comes this close to making it happen. But it doesn't happen. Peter smacks the goblin formula back in, well, actually he throws it in Norman's face. They throw down. Him and Norman fight to a stalemate, which is something that they often would do in this time period, especially after he came back. Well, hell, Peter thought he killed him at the end of 75 of Peter Parker's Spider-Man 75 when he threw all those pumpkin bombs at him. But uh, apparently he has a healing factor that the goblin formula had, and that's why he was able to, supply, able to uh, survive getting impaled by a goblin glider. And then Harry, uh, and then uh, he slipped away while Harry faked the autopsy so that nobody knew he was a green goblin. And he went to Europe. I like the Clone Saga, but it, it don't all make sense, okay? <laughs> it doesn't all make sense. 
<laughs> Let's just be fair. Okay. Uh, so Peter wins the day uh, on a technicality. They essentially beat each other to death. And then Norman's like, all right, well, I'll get you next time. One day you're going to see it my way. Then he leaves. Norman then returns in Peter Parker's Spider-Man Volume 2. And these issues were 44 through 47. And and just, just shout out to creators here. Uh, reprinting Spider-Man Revenge of the Green Goblin 1 through 3. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, 25. And Peter Parker Spider-Man Volume 2, 25. By Roger Stern, Paul Jenkins, Howard Mackey, Ron Friends, Mark Buckingham, John Romita Jr., and more. So there's people who didn't even get credit in here. I think Pat, I saw some Pat O'Leaf um, uh, pencils in here too, who used to do Untold Tales of Spider-Man with Tom DeFalco. And then Peter Parker Spider-Man was Volume 2, 44 through 47, written by Paul Jenkins and illustrated by Umberto Ramos, who went on to, uh, of course, have that lengthy run with Dan Slott uh, writing or drawing Spider-Man for years before he left the book. And eventually Slott would leave too. It just took him a long time. <laughs> what do you do, write it for 10 years or something like that? I personally, as much as I liked Revenge of the Green Goblin, I liked Return of the Goblin more. Because the goblin just shows up and he's just like, you know what? I'm stronger than you. I've always been stronger than you. And I'm literally going to make your life hell. My man kidnaps Flash Thompson, gets him drunk, puts him behind the wheel of, of a truck. I think he was driving trucks then. I think that's how he got behind there. He crashes, flashes in a coma. And I, if I'm not incorrect, I want to say this is how Flash lost use of his legs was from this was from the goblin. So again, the goblin ruined in Peter's life. Um, threatens, Aunt, threatens Aunt May on multiple occasions throughout the book. Uh, beats Peter's ass. That's three. And uh, no, ass doesn't count. So that's technically one maybe. Um, beats Peter's ass in a cemetery. Leaves Peter there. And he's pretty like, I'm going to go kill you whenever I want to. And there's nothing you can do about it. Then Peter, of course, is like, I'm not going to sit here and let you torture me, goblin, for X amount of time. So Peter proceeds to try to ruin his personal life as much as possible. And these two decide after several issues and after the Flash thing that they're going to throw down a warehouse in Norman's. And throw down they do. And just as he's known to do, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, comes out on top. And he continues to pummel Norman. And let me let me look this up. So Peter gets the upper hand. Norman falls to the concrete. He goes, oh God, my ribs. Peter kicks him in the ribs. And he goes, Ugh! and Peter goes, you know the trouble with you, pal? You always thought you were funnier than I was, but you never were. As he has the killing blow lined up. Peter's beat up, Goblin's beat up, blood, cracked ribs. They, they've put each other through hell. And Norman says, with tears in his eyes, go ahead, son, do it. You know you want to. And from there, they have this killing joke moment, which is kind of weird. And then Peter lets him live because Peter doesn't ever cross that line. No Way Home, Norman, reminded me a lot of this Green Goblin. These Green Goblins here, not necessarily as he's presented in Marvel Knight Spider-Man or AKA Shush. 
which is cool, but it was like a little too plotty, you know. It's like, oh, I'm gonna release all your greatest villains and make your life hell, and I'm gonna kidnap Aunt May, and it's like, dude, no, no. Norman has one goal in life at this point. He's already rich. He wants to be a villain. He's a, and this is of course before any of the um, stuff that happened after Civil War, where he was Iron, Iron Patriot. Is that right? And he was like a, the head of sword and all this stuff, and head of shield when he was like in charge of like the whole world, essentially. This is just Norman Osborn, aka Green Goblin, Spider Man's foe. And when Goblin shows up with the intent of only making Peter's life complete hell and hurting his loved ones as much as you hate to see it and trying to utterly break the man or make him into a goblin, the thing he hates the most, that's the Norman I love. And that's the Norman that gave me in No Way Home. Because Norman didn't give a Norman didn't give a crap which Spider-Man it was. All three of them were Peter Parkers and all three of them needed to die. And he was going to do whatever it took to take them all out. Because the Green Goblin is Peter Parker's greatest enemy. And all he wants to do is stand over Peter Parker's dead body one day and laugh maniacally. Both of these books, again, that's Spider-Man Return of the Goblin and Spider-Man Revenge of the Green Goblin. I'm sure these are out of print, but I'm sure they've been reprinted in other formats now. They're probably available in the Marvel Unlimited app. As well, you can actually read the issues themselves or you, they, I think they have trades on there. So if you want to take that plunge and they probably have a free trial going, they always do. You can check those out. They're very good. And then whenever you get the chance, because I'm going to do it as soon as I can, as soon as I can watch it again in high quality, I will be watching Spider-Man No Way Home again. It was a great accomplishment for the MCU, a great accomplishment for comic book movies. And it really made my dreams come true of what a Spider-Man film could actually do. So it's my favorite Spider-Man movie of live action film of all time. Because I still think Spider-Verse is a little better. Still like Spider-Verse, just it's a little bit better. Can't wait to see Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 this, this fall. It's going to be amazing. Coming out in October. Corona willing. So... Last thing I'm going to leave you with, this this was going to be a topic, but now it's kind of it's going to turn to a recommendation because I talked about Spider-Man and the Green Goblin and these books for so long. If you go to the Players' Tribune, it's a website where different sports players literally will get on there and write, and write their thoughts and share them. Like, I think that's where... Let's see if I can remember this. Um, somebody... Oh, I think Durant announced... He was going to Golden State there actually a few years ago. Uh, in wrestling, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson recently wrote a open letter to the WWE thanking them for everything they did for him after he signed with AEW. There's there's all kinds of great art of articles on there, man, by different athletes, and you could just lose yourself for hours on there. I saved an article written not that long ago by Amanda Amanda Huber. And if you don't know that name, she is the now widow of John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper of AEW and WWE. John passed away from a combination of 
pneumonia attacking the, attacking him and his body not reacting an appropriate way enough for the, for him to get medical treatment. Then the pneumonia ravaged him and killed his lungs. Essentially, he couldn't get a lung transplant, and so he passed away at 41 the day after Christmas, two years ago in 2020. This is after he had just moved probably about eight or nine months before to AEW after being stuck in his in WWE contract for a long time and then going to AEW and getting the shine he rightfully deserved. Amanda penned a letter just telling everyone about the relationship from the day she met him until the day she died. And I know that was incredibly hard for her to do because when you when you don't have a loved one anymore, you miss them every day. And to read that and be able to live her joys and her pain and the constant sorrow that she has. Yeah, she still has her boys, but she doesn't have John anymore. And it was a really touching and real and heartfelt tribute uh, to John Huber. So it's just called John. That's what the piece is called. I just shared it on my Twitter. So I recommend that uh, you guys check that out. It was very good and, and very, very moving. Okay. Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. That's right. Try to have genuine interactions with people. You never know what your kind words could do for the next person because you never know what the next person is going through and your kind actions could save their life or someone else's. Always remember that. I forgot this last time. Call your mom, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister. Reach out to your family. Let them know how much they mean to you. Give people their flowers while they're still here. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Let people know how much they mean to you. Call your grandma, drop your granddad an email, send a telegram to your friend across the world, send a video to your friend across the world, send a text. Just let people know that you care while they're still here before it's too late. And also, even if you kick toxic people out of your life, I highly recommend that you don't carry around that grudge with you. So even when you kick toxic people out of your life, like Maps and my sister, you should forgive them. Even if you have no plans on ever talking to them ever again, don't carry around their what they did to, to you in your chest, man. It's not good for you. Forgive them, but just... You don't got to contact them. There's no reason to, to carry that hate, man. For real, for real. Now, if you do Apple Podcasts, if you do that thing, give Hyphenation five stars. It'll be greatly appreciated because then it lets more people find out about Hyphenation. And then leave a review. If you do that, I'll read it on the air. Even if you say, I don't give a damn about Spider-Man, I'll read it. Don't think I won't. And also on Spotify, you can do five stars as well. Hyphenation is available wherever podcasts are podcasted. If you find a place that doesn't have Hyphenation, please let me know and I'll fix it or any of the other hyphen podcast group shows. And speaking of that, if you want to reach the show, be hyphen at gmail.com. That's B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com at be hyphen on Twitter, the be hyphen on Instagram and hyphen universe on Facebook. And if you want to, if you want to go to hyphen podcast group route, you can do so by doing hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. You can do all those things and you'll get where you want to be. I promise. And I and I will help you out. Best I can. Yeah. 
pretty much. Um, um, I don't, I don't have anything else really to say. So as always, guys, I appreciate you listening to the sound of my voice, listening to me talk about Spider-Man and the Raiders and No Way Home and the Bulls and being here for me every time I sit down and do this podcast. 193 is in the can. So I say all that. to say this. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?